When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. Baker is still rolling. How about them Cowboys? Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick looking for new jobs and another week of NFL playoff football. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good cooking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Now is the time to join the flavor revolution, and you can jump on at RighteousFelon.com. Use that code STOVE15. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. You will not regret it. I actually just purchased some more yesterday uh, for work, and so I uh, should have a whole box of uh, bootleg and barbecue coming in this week, so looking forward to that, but uh anyways welcome to the show uh it's another wednesday and what a wild weekend of sports we had i'm vince stover joined as i am every wednesday night by my dad dale stover dad how you doing doing good doing good the nfl playoffs have not disappointed so far so <laughs> well they've disappointed some but not us <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> and we'll talk about all of that actually we'll just we'll jump right in uh, to the wild card weekend and all the games that went on. We'll start from Saturday night. And uh, it started off with a bang, Dad. The Houston Texans blowing out the Browns 45 to 14. And when we were talking about this game before, you know, we, the, the Browns defense was always brought up. But the one thing that I said was you just have to wonder if Joe Flacco is going to continue or if he kind of goes back to being, uh, what is he, a 38 year old? Uh, free agent quarterback, and that's kind of what he looked like. Two pick sixes, they were back-to-back, which really just put the nail in the coffin for Cleveland. And uh, it cost some Cleveland Browns staff their job, the entire offensive staff pretty much getting getting the boot today. Uh, but let's start with the game, Dad. C.J. Stroud had a phenomenal game, and the Texans as a whole putting up 45 on the Browns. Granted, two of those or 14 of those points were done by the defense, but still, uh, Brown's defense had been so good this year, and they could not contain Houston on Saturday. Yeah, really excited for C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, he's just had quite the year, and um, Houston, it's great to see a team, you know, turn around quickly because, yeah. um, you know, we look in the NFL, and, and again, we there is a lot of parity there, but sometimes when a team really gets – down low, you know, you think, well, boy, it's going to be several years before they can dig out of this. And that's not been true with Houston. And then maybe that won't be true with, you know, Arizona and other teams coming up in the future. So, um, uh, and again, I think the coach, they, you know, they made a good coaching hire. I think that made a real difference because um, he, you know, obviously changed the culture. Everybody, you know, got people to believe in the system and um, excited for Houston. Uh, they may not go much further, but boy, they've had a successful year, and you you never know. They're they're a good team. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get to what's coming up uh, later in the show, but I don't think you can count anybody out at this point. I yeah. think what you saw from the lower seeds um, this week. I mean, well, I mean, you saw Houston first of all at home, which helped. Uh, so they weren't the lower seed, but going in, they were the underdogs. I mean, they put up quite the performance. You look at the seven seed in the NFC. Uh, have putting up quite the performance. I, I don't think you count anybody out, including Houston. It's been amazing what they've done. Uh, Nico Collins was the leading receiver in this game. Um, they, but they've kind of done it with some 
unknowns probably the wrong word, uh, but guys that you wouldn't expect uh, to carry a team, carried this team this year along with C.J. Stroud. And, you know, a lot of people have made the point, man, Houston, they lost the game last year, the last game of the season, which gave them the number two pick instead of the number one pick. Had they had the number one pick, they probably would have went a different direction with Bryce Young at number one, which means Houston would probably not be sitting where they are right now had they had that number one overall pick. So thank you, Marv Lewis. Uh, Not Marv Lewis. um, Oh, no. Uh, What was the name of their coach last year? Carolina. Now Houston's coach last year. Um, oh no, the Bears, the former Bears guy. Yeah. Illinois, Illinois coach, Bears coach. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, thank you. Uh, thank you, Lovey Smith, uh, for allowing yeah. the Texans to be uh, the number two team in the draft and picking uh, CJ Stroud. And I wish this show wasn't live so I could edit that last part out. Because nonetheless, here we sit. And uh, they blew out Cleveland. Uh, Joe Flacco had himself a great uh, end of the season coming off of free agency and just turning things around for Cleveland or maintaining the ship, I guess, for Cleveland. But he could not do it, even uh, completing 34 uh, passes for 307 yards was not enough, not even close to enough for the Browns. They could not get the run game going either. Um, just, Just a heartache in Cleveland, Dad. And like I said, they fired their offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt. They fired their running backs coach. But when you think through it, Dad, the one thing that this Cleveland offensive staff could not do this year was get Deshaun Watson playing well. The run game played well. Everything else played well. But but Deshaun Watson was the one thing that really wasn't that good. And I'm guessing that's why the staff got fired, right? Yeah, like I said, uh, you're breaking up a little bit here on this end, so I'm not sure if that's the audio um, everywhere or not. But um, like I said, you you were talking about Cleveland. Is that correct, Cleveland coaching staff? Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. I mean, I I don't know that the offensive staff – I mean, considering they lost their quarterback and their best running back, I don't know that the offensive staff was the problem. But – like you said, whenever a team has trouble, somebody's going to get blamed, and usually it's not the head coach. So, um, you know, ended up being the offensive coordinator there and, and other staff. So Cleveland, again, you know, was a surprise. I think, you know, had a good year. And if they get everybody back, um, the offensive guys back, I think they'll be in good shape. football at the end of the day um so we'll see how that one how that one breaks down when it's all said and done so houston gets the win and uh and takes care of business on saturday night uh the other game on saturday was the chiefs and the dolphins and uh, man the dolphins have to be wishing that they were the home team All right, you there? Yeah. Okay, we're back on. Are we back on there? All right, you there? 
Say hello to America's most wanted craft beef jerky. Over 15 flavors with all kinds of character. The number one jerky gift box and all natural black Angus quality made right here in the U.S. of A. Taste the flavor revolution at RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code STOVE15 at checkout. That's RighteousFelon.com. Promo code STOVE15 at checkout. Okay, he's there. All right, there we go. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can now. Okay, I have no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> I, I, I heard the commercial fine, but that was it. So, okay, well, sorry everybody if you're listening, tuning in, whatever it may be, we're trying to get it figured out. But let's talk about Chiefs and Dolphins, Dad. Um, Chiefs blew out the Dolphins twenty-six to seven in a bitterly cold game, and uh, Tua Tungavailoa fails again. Like I've been trying to tell everybody. Um, how do you feel about the Chiefs right now? Because coming into the playoffs, it didn't feel like they were going to be this great team. No, um, the thing about the Chiefs, the issue is, you know, the, the experience. They've been there a lot. They've got, you know, they've got the quarterback. They've got some good talent. Uh, they've got the coach that's been there a lot. So you can't count Kansas City out. There's no doubt um, about that. This is going to be, I, all the games will be good this weekend. Um, but this one with uh, Buffalo, that should be just a really, really good game. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, I think they'll all be good. But, boy, uh, the thing about Kansas City, like I said, is just their experience in the playoffs and their talent. You know, you can't count them out. So it looks like they've, um, you know, they're where they need to be for this next game for sure. Yeah. Were you surprised that uh, the Dolphins couldn't put up more than seven points? Um, yeah, again, the weather was such and they did have injuries. So, um, you know, it looked like Kansas city would have the advantage because of the weather, but yeah, I'm surprised, uh, Miami didn't put up more than that. Um, but again, you know, Kansas city had things going in their direction, uh, home field, you know, when you get weather like that home field, you know, should make a difference and you get a team from South Florida too. So. Um, I think that was a lot of it. And again, Miami, you know, a lot of talent had a good year. I think going into next year, they have a lot to be optimistic about also. Yeah. I mean, they are a team from South Florida, but I mean, they played in Baltimore two weeks ago. Um, they, this year their schedule did line up for them to have pretty much warm games at the end of the season, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, I, but still they're in the NFL. That shouldn't matter. Right. Uh, to, to, the, to that degree, at the very least. Uh, Tua fails. The running game could not get going. Raheem Mostert, 8 for 33. Uh, Devon Achan, 6 for 9. Um, Tyreek Hill caught five catches for 62 yards. It's just not enough. Isaiah Pacheco has been really good for Kansas City. Mahomes was good enough. And uh, this Rasheed Rice has been phenomenal for Kansas City all year yeah. receiving. So, um Man, yeah, I mean, I picked Kansas City to win, but I have to admit I was a little surprised uh, how that one shook out a little bit there with uh, Miami not being able to be more competitive in that game against Kansas City. Uh, let's roll into Sunday's games. Uh, Dad, the first one was Green Bay and Dallas. And Green Bay, I, I mean, the final score was kind of close, 16 points, but Green Bay dominated this game from the get-go. Um, the defense looked really good. The offense looked really good. And Dallas just didn't look like they came ready to play in this game, Dad. So, um, you know, how soon were you comfortable with the game? Um, I was definitely comfortable at halftime, um, maybe even a little bit before that. Um, but, you know, definitely at halftime with 27 to 7. I knew the whole issue would be, you know, coming out in the second half, Dallas yep. gets the ball, but all they got was a field goal. Then when Green Bay got the ball back and went down and scored, um, 
it, it was really all over at that point. Um, but, you know, Green Bay needed to keep playing. Dallas is the kind of team that can come back. Uh, like you said, it really wasn't as close um, as the score lets on, you know, um, for what, 40, it was a 46, 48. To 40, six, 48 to 32. 48 to 16 is really kind of what it was. And then <laughs> he pulled some people out. And Dallas scored a couple. And then, um, you know, Coach LaFleur said he made a mistake there. And of course, he put people back in. Um, after that, just because, you know, you didn't want to lose the opportunity there. But uh, they really had control. It was a great game plan. The offense really executed, and the defense came up, you know, big. They put pressure on um, Dak Prescott. He did not look impressive at all, which he has struggled in the playoffs. Um, You know, I was much more positive about him this year than I have been, but I don't think he's a proven playoff quarterback, and it kind of came out um, that way, um, you know, in, in this one here. So, and of course, Packers got turnovers, got the pick six, and and you know that's always going to make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Prescott had 403 yards and three touchdowns to go with two picks, but I mean, a lot of those yards came in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and the Packers had, you know, not did not have their starters in the game. Um, a lot of those yards came in, in that fourth quarter. So it's it's interesting to see. Well, I mean, first of all, the run game for the Packers. When Aaron Jones was healthy, that's when the Packers were the most dangerous. And yep. he ran for 118 yards and three touchdowns. Um, you've got <laughs> Aaron Jones is the difference maker for Green Bay. And, uh, but listen, Jordan Love was fun. Um, he did, and the announcers kept saying it, but we've been talking about it all year. He looks like Aaron Rodgers, the way that he moves, um, the way that he does his feet. And then more people have pointed out that he, he looks like Favre, which I think Rodgers emulated Favre in some ways. And I think Love more emulates Rodgers. But the way they throw off their back feet or jumping in the air and throwing the angles that he throws with that touchdown to Dontavian Wicks was incredible. Um, and it's just, there's a lot of fun things about it that I just, I had a fun time watching the Packer game this weekend. And I'm sure I'm not the only Packer fan to say that. No, that's, that's very true. And you know, the thing that's impressive about Aaron Jones is everyone knows that's what the Packers were going to do. I mean, he is the running back they have, you know, Dylan wasn't even active and they know they're going to try to run the ball. And and in in every one of the last several games where he's gotten over 100 yards, you know they'll have a couple plays where he'll only get one yard, or maybe uh, he may lose a yard or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, the next play, boom, there you go, you got a first down. And of course, the offensive line has played well both for him and for Love. But uh, Aaron Jones, you know, again, he's not a big guy. And he really runs hard. So he's a very unique running back and uh, definitely has made the difference, no doubt about it. Um, You know, you like to think, well, boy, if we'd had him all year, we'd won more games. I have heard him talk that part of the reason he's as fresh as he is right now is, you know, he did not have the grind of 17 games. And there's probably truth to that also. So they definitely need a second running back. Uh, during the year to share the load. But, um, hey, having him healthy in the playoffs is what we need right now. Jordan Love attempted as many passes as Aaron Jones had rushing attempts, 21. Jordan Love threw, uh, threw only 16 completions, and the Packers won by uh, 48 to 32. That's wild. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. A tough battle coming up. We'll talk about that in a few minutes against San Francisco. Um the Detroit Lions, Dad, pulled it off against the Rams, 24-23. to The Rams gave them everything they had. This is one of the most physical games that I've seen in a while. It was incredibly physical. Um, but Jared Goff got it done, and Dan Campbell got it done, and the Lions got it done. Hard to believe um, that Detroit is going to host a second-round playoff game uh, this, this week. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Lions and the Rams game? Yeah, that is surprising. Again, you know, we both thought the Rams would win. And, of course, it was a very close game. But, um, you know, Detroit 
Detroit is hung in there. I don't know how much longer it's going to go. We will see um, from there. But yeah, you know, you, you, you can't take that away from them. They've had a good year. And again, playing at home in the playoffs, uh, the home team won every game but one, I believe, this past weekend. Right. So um, that definitely, you know, definitely makes a difference. Um, man, you've been really negative about the Lions and the Texans so far today. Uh, Stafford goes for 367 yards. Looks like he got knocked out at one point in the game. Uh, but, you know, he still played. Uh, Jared Goff, 277 yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery was the key running back for the Lions in this game. And Amon Rossi and Brown continued to just be uh, important for Detroit. And Puka Nakua continued to be incredible for the Rams, Dad. Uh, nine catches, 181 yards, and a touchdown. It's hard to believe a rookie putting up those kind of numbers. But congrats to Detroit. Uh, Michigan people have been really living it up here these last couple weeks. Uh, Monday night, we finally got the Bills and Steelers, and it really wasn't that entertaining. Bills controlled the game, 131-17, to and uh, and now they face off against the Chiefs. But, Dad, was there anything about the Bills-Steelers game that stuck out to you after the delay uh, by a whole day and lots of snow and lots of cold? Well, um, again, you know, Pittsburgh, it looked like they were going to make it interesting there for a little bit, but they never really got back in it. Again, Buffalo, you know, um, is rolling at the right time. And um, Pittsburgh just did not have what they needed, um, you know, to match up with them. Um, Weather-wise, you know, Pittsburgh's probably a team that's not going to be real affected by that. And um, so, you know, congrats to Buffalo. And it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, preseason. We thought they'd definitely be have a shot at the Super Bowl. Then all of a sudden you wondered <laughs> if they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, um, you know, this will be a great game for him this week. Yeah, I mean, if you can't beat Mason Rudolph in the playoffs, then you don't belong in the playoffs um, at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I, I I mean, I got the Bills going to the Super Bowl. So, for me, I was really hoping they would handle their business, and they did. Um, then the Buccaneers, Dad, and the Eagles. Last week I said I've been on the Baker train all year long, and now it's my time to get off. Boy, was I wrong. The Baker train keeps on rolling, Dad, and the Buccaneers dominate the Eagles 32-9. to um, And either the Buccaneers or the Lions, either Baker Mayfield or the Lions, are going to be in the NFC Championship game, all because Baker took care of the Eagles. Um, I, this is the one I was the most surprised about. I thought if the Buccaneers won, it would at least be a really close game. It, it was not that way. Yeah, I thought the Eagles would, would, you know, would come in ready to play, but um, they really, really struggled down the stretch here, which is surprising. I mean, it looks like, um, you know, there's some kind of dysfunction there a little bit, you know, with between the coach and the players or, or something, because they've got talent. There's no doubt about it. Um, and even though Tampa was at home. That really, yeah, like you said, it shouldn't have made that much difference. Maybe Tampa would beat them on a last-second field goal, but the way they beat them um, is surprising. I'm not sure Tampa is that good. Um, I think the Eagles, you know, just played that bad. So we'll, we'll see. Now, see, I'm not going to take away credit from the Buccaneers like that. I, I think that the Buccaneers played – good enough to win the game. And now, yes, Philadelphia played poorly, but some of that is because of Tampa Bay as well. Um, I don't think there's dysfunction between the coach and the players, Dad. I think there was uh, – I think Jalen Hurts is injured, um, probably more so than we realized. Um, and I think there's there's probably some issues, but not having A.J. Brown definitely hurt this team too. Devontae Smith had a really good game. Um, but at the end of the day, dad, it was just Baker was too much. Um, Rashad white was good enough. And, uh, the defense for Tampa held strong. Philadelphia only scored in the second quarter. The only time they scored the entire game. Um, hard to believe the bucks put up points in every single quarter of that game. And, and it's wild to see. And dad, with these losses, Philadelphia lost, the Steelers lost, the Cowboys lost. It brought a lot of question marks about the um, coaching staff and what they would um, 
what they would look like. Uh, Jerry Jones has since come out and said that there's not going to be a change at head coach. Uh, Pittsburgh, it sounds like Mike Tomlin is planning to be back next year. Philadelphia, the players are supporting Sirianni, at least the important players. And I would assume that he's still going to be there next year. And the big thing between the Cowboys and the Eagles, Dad, is the players have really come out and supported the coaches versus just kind of hemming and hawing or, or beating around the bush or whatever it may be. They have come out in full support of their coaches, and I think that that means those coaches will return, even though there are some really good coaches available this year. Um, I just don't see how you fire Sirianni a year after going to the Super Bowl. I mean, they fired Doug Peterson two years after he won the Super Bowl. But, I mean, he was just there last year. I think it's hard to fire him at that point. And, again, Dallas, I just don't think McCarthy's the problem. And I'm not a massive McCarthy fan. Um, but I don't think he's the issue. But it looks like he's coming back. It looks like the players are supporting Sirianni. Whether or not he comes back will yet to be known. Um, and then Mike Tomlin, who would just be, a, I think, a retirement more than a – or a stepping away more than a firing. But it sounds like he plans to come back, too. These were tough losses, though, for these teams. Uh, um, we've already seen the offensive staff get fired in Cleveland, and there might be more of that kind of stuff going on, for instance, in Philadelphia, more staff firings than the actual head coach getting fired. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think um, in all three of those cases, it makes sense to keep the coach. Like you said, Tomlin, it's really probably more of a decision that's up to him. Right. And really, the Steelers, the Steelers kind of overachieved in some ways, and they have some talent there, no doubt about it. Uh, Dallas, you know, in many ways had a great year during the regular season, and I think McCarthy calling the plays turned out to be a positive thing um, yeah. from there. Um, again, I don't know that Dallas, you know, is, is – going to be a juggernaut you know i'm not necessarily a big dallas fan but i don't i agree with you i don't think mccarthy is the problem necessarily uh philadelphia i agree i mean a guy goes to the super bowl you really and he had a, a good year until he stumbled there near the end yeah. um i do think he'll be on a short leash i think sure. they need to they'll have to turn stuff around right away um probably in every case uh, definitely in Dallas's case, Dallas needs to, they'll have to contend for the division again, for sure. Um, or I think there'll be problems, but like you said, there's coaches out there, but there's, um, seven openings still. So there's plenty of spots for those guys to land. And, um, so I don't think that's an issue. And, um, outside of Belichick, I don't think, and I don't think he fits with every team. I don't think there's other coaches that, you know, necessarily will be the big upgrade. I think that Brable um, would be an intriguing fit and Philly, an intriguing fit really anywhere. I think Brable's a really good coach. And I'm surprised he's available this year, honestly. Um, but Belichick and Harbaugh are two guys. Harbaugh, anticipation is uh, the Chargers for him. He also interviewed at Atlanta. Belichick interviewed at Atlanta. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be interested to see where this goes. I've been hearing Ben Johnson, the Lions OC, is the guy that the commanders want. Um, but, I mean, there's there's an interesting group of guys available this year. Um, Dad, I also saw on ESPN tonight that Ron Rivera still wants to coach, and he said even as a defensive coordinator, um, I say let's fire Joe Barry right now and uh, let's bring Ron Rivera to Green Bay to be the defensive coordinator. How do you feel about that? Well, I again, Packer fans across the board um, – you know, want to win the game this week, but they definitely want Joe Barry to be gone too. And um, I think apart from winning the Super Bowl, I think he probably will be gone. Um, and one reason he may, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for him to be gone, but one reason is you do have a lot of, it looks to me like a lot of real qualified defensive coordinators. Um, you know, there's the guy from the Giants, um, yeah, Wing Martindale. Highly regarded. You've got Rivera. Um, you may have a couple other head coaches that are, are gone, if I remember correctly, uh, that could be defensive guys. Um, I think there's going to be some veteran defensive coordinators out there. And uh, so it may make, I mean, it may make, 
LaFleur's choice a little easier just because of, you know, it, it definitely would be an upgrade. But, we, you know, we, we'll see. That story will be interesting. Yeah, Brandon Staley, the Chargers' former coach, would be another guy that's available that was a defensive mind before he got the head coaching job at the yeah. Chargers. He obviously didn't work as a head coach, uh, but – he could still work as a DC. Um, we'll see how that one shakes out. There's a lot of job openings right now. Um, Jared Mayo, the only guy that is currently hired as a head coach uh, in New England, uh, taking over for Bill Belichick. He's been on the staff there for a while, played his whole NFL career there as well, um, and I think is a great hire. I'm excited for him and the opportunity yeah. he gets, former Tennessee guy. Um, so excited for him, and we'll see uh, as these jobs continue to get filled um, where guys land. And hopefully next week we'll have some more guys to talk about as far as jobs being taken. Dad, let's get into the divisional round, though. Round two of the NFL playoffs this week starts off Saturday at 4.30 with the Texans at the Ravens. The Ravens a nine-point favorite. But here's the classic question, Dad. Is getting the bye a good thing? Or are they going to come out resty and not be ready to go for the Texans and the Texans take advantage of that? Um, I know you've already said the Texans' time is up, but, uh, I mean, that's why you play the game. No, it, it, it's true. I And that is always a question. You know, with the buy, is there an issue with rust or whatever? And I think there is a little bit. But uh, Baltimore just been so strong at the end of the year. Um I hope I think there's a good chance that all four of these games will be very close and very good games this week um, weekend, and that would be great if it is um, to be competitive. And I think Houston can be competitive, um, but you know Baltimore has been stronger than anybody in the last little bit with some of their wins, and um, the route for them the rest was probably good for Lamar Jackson for everybody involved. And um, so I, I would be really surprised. Um, again, they got a veteran coach. Uh, Baltimore's been there, um, you know, before. So I think they'll be poised and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you would assume so. But, Dad, I'll tell you what, this Texans team is a lot of fun to watch. And they are. I'm thinking this might be a really good game. It might take the Ravens. Granted, if they run the ball early, then maybe that kind of loosens them up a little bit. But I think this might take the Ravens a little while, and we might see the Texans leading at halftime uh, where the Ravens have to come from behind to win this game. They're definitely capable of it. They're the best team in the NFL this year. And, um, you know, but the Texans are really good and well coached. I would not be shocked at all if the Texans come out with the win. Um, we're not picking games against the spread this week, but if I were, I'd take the Texans here at plus nine because I think that, I think this game is going to be really, really close. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Baltimore could easily cover that, but um, the Texans, I mean, I, I think it'd be great to have a great game, and it would be, like you said, when you look at <laughs> you look at Tampa Bay and, and um, Detroit. Detroit, one of them is going to be in this championship. It'd be it'd be crazy to see Houston in a championship, but they're much more deserving than either one of those teams in the NFC because they've really played well. So um, I ain't going to be a good game. What a knock on the 12 and five Lions, Dad. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. 49ers and Packers. Um, listen, the 49ers have been the thorn in the Packers side in the playoffs for many years now. I think they've won four of the last five. The last time the Packers beat the 49ers in the playoffs was in 2002. They've lost by a field goal twice since then. Um, and this 49ers team is good. And again, I think the rest, as much as it could be a, a negative or rough kind of thing for the 49ers, they had guys that needed to get healthy. And this should have helped them. A great defense and a really good offense. But um, Green Bay is playing as good as anybody right now, too. I think the Packers have a chance, but the 49ers, they're just the best team in the NFC. Yeah, well, it's kind of like we said last week, you know, Dallas should win the game, but um, they didn't. Now, San Francisco's a different team than Dallas. They yeah. don't have some of the same situations. But I, I, I made a little list here. One, I think um, if the Packers, I think the Packers do have a chance. Part of it is because I think the rust factor, you know, I don't know that that will be an issue. Um, 
but it could be. They could be a little shaky coming out. They've got some stars, but again, I'm, I'm not the biggest um, Brock Purdy fan. Um, I think, and I do think for everything that Shanahan will say and every interview that the 49ers players will say the right thing, to think they're not overlooking the Packers, um, I, I think you're kidding yourself. I think they, those guys are so good, and they're sitting there saying, hey, this is a seven seed, and these guys are all young guys. None of these guys have been here. We've been here. We've done it. Um, and I do think, I do think at least at the start of the game, that can be an issue. I think if Green Bay can stay in it or get ahead, um, then, you know, either, either San Francisco will snap out of it and rebound, or all of a sudden they may pressure a little bit. They may panic a little bit. Again, playing San Francisco, you want to play them this week. You don't want to play them next week for the, mm -hmm. the NFC Championship. If you're going to have a shot at them, it's definitely this week. The other key for Green Bay will be the defense, um, getting turnovers, and the biggest thing will be pressure. They put pressure on Dak Prescott. They got him uncomfortable. I, I truly believe if you can put that kind of pressure on Brock Purdy, I think he'll make more mistakes than Dak Prescott did. Now, again, they've got Christian McCafferty, and he's not going to make mistakes. So he may kind of dominate the game. But I think if you can get Purdy in the right spot, um, he can give you the turnover or two you need. So, I, again, I, I, if Green Bay wins, it'll be great. If Green Bay is in the game, if their last drive has a chance to win or tie, it'll really be a success for them, no doubt about it. And, um, again, like you said, Green Bay's hot right now. Aaron Jones, you know, the thinking is, well, San Francisco's defense, will, they'll shut that down. Well, Dallas didn't. And um, if that helps control the game in a lot of ways. And if, if the offensive line can give him time, um, LaFleur is going to have a plan. These are two intriguing coaches. I don't know if there's two coaches in the NFL that know each other's system any better than Green Bay and, and San Francisco. And probably it hurts Green Bay and the fact that Dallas never adjusted to the offensive scheme. San Francisco sees this same offensive scheme all the time. So um, I, it, it, I, I think it'll be a great game. Um, fans that are neutral are real excited about Jordan Love. I've gotten a lot of texts and calls and things this week um, from people that aren't necessarily Packer fans that are just excited about seeing this game. And a lot of it's because, you know, the way they've surprised and the young guys playing. So I mean I want the Packers to win as bad as you do, Dad. Everything you said there sounded like a hopeful Packer fan, uh, <laughs> more so than a realist. And what I mean by that is a couple of things. First of all, San Francisco is not Dallas. Um, Dallas has had inconsistencies all year. San Francisco has been much more consistent. Brock Purdy, he's a different style quarterback than Dak, but he definitely doesn't make the same mistakes that Dak makes. Uh, Brock Purdy, to his credit, um, he's the kind of quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. Um, and so I think that that's, that's wishful thinking. Pressure is everything. Pressure on Brock Purdy and keeping pressure off of Jordan Love. Those are the two big things in this game. If they can pressure Brock Purdy, that's going to help. And if they can keep Jordan Love clean, well, then obviously he can go to work as well. And uh, But this 49ers defense is known to get after the quarterback. But the offensive line's played well for Green Bay as of late. And uh, so hopefully they can maintain and hold on. It's all about the Packer defense. I mean, the defense has to hold. I don't know. I, I said that the Packers had to hold Dallas to 24 in order to win. I think they got to hold San Francisco probably under 20 to win because I don't think – I don't think it necessarily has to be a high-scoring game. I think this can be one of those defensive, you know, matches where, you know, you got to score a little over 20 to get the win in this this week versus putting up 43. Now, if you put up 43, you got a good chance to win this game. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. And at the same time, 
Packers, the way they played the first half of that Dallas game is as good a football as we've seen in a long, long time. And uh, so if they can get Aaron Jones going, sure, that's going to open a lot of things up. But like you said, it's the same offensive system. Um, so there's not going to be a whole lot of surprises in this game. As a matter of fact, that's probably what you want to look for is those surprise plays. Uh, some little trickery going on between either Shanahan or LaFleur. And uh, there could be some fun things out of this. This one has the potential to be an absolute disaster. Um, I could think back to the, I think it was the late 90s. It may have been early 2000s, but I think it was late 90s. And the Packers and 49ers played in the game. And it just like everything bounced the Packers way. There was a fumble early on a kickoff, I think. Um, a defensive turnover. Like all kinds of just good things happened. And the Packers controlled the game and won. Uh, but then we've also seen games where it went the other direction, where everything goes against you. I mean, I'm hopeful that the Packers are in this to the end. I'm hopeful that the Packers win. I'm I'm also just really feel like the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC right now. Yeah, they are. There's no doubt about that. So, um, like I said, we, again, you know, when you talked about the Buccaneers and the Lions, you know, to think that the Packers, there's eight teams left and the Packers were one of them, um, you know, it, 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 you know, it's it's been a great year, but um, I don't, I definitely don't think the mindset they have is not that they're not just happy to be there. And again, they're young enough, and they don't know better, so they're they're going to be out there scrapping and ready to play. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I hope I do hope, hope it's a good game. Yeah, and I know what you mean by that, uh, where they're young and they don't know better. To me, they're playing like a team with a chip on their shoulder. Um, and not a team that's just young and, and ignorant of what's going on around them. Uh, but like they, they want to prove people wrong. And I really think Aaron Jones is the driving factor in that. I love his leadership. Um, and I think he's a big part of that as well. Um, let's go on to Sunday's games, Dad, the three o'clock game. Lions and Bucks. And again, I just sit here and go, my goodness, either Baker Mayfield or the Lions is going to be in an NFC championship game. The Lions could host an NFC championship game possibly next week. Um, the Bucks could host possibly an NFC championship game next week. Either way, one of those teams is going. The Bucks are an early uh, six-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, excuse me, the Lions are six-and-a-half-point favorites here. I, the, I, I kind of feel like the Lions are due for a letdown. Um, the amount of energy, the amount of emotion that went into last week's game, not only the first home playoff game in 31 years, but playing against Matt Stafford, that was a big deal for Lions fans, for Jared Goff. Um, I think they might be due to kind of come off a little bit here and not be what they need to be, and maybe the Bucks can take advantage of a slight uh, you know, letdown from the Lions this week. I, I think that's possible. Again, you know, Lions got the home field advantage. Um, you know, the Lions have not been there before. Um, you know, the Bucks have, not necessarily yeah. with, um, you know, with Baker. But, um, well, not know, with it, not with this coach, not with this quarterback. I mean, now this is a different Bucks team. Yes, that's true. But with this coach was on the team, if I remember correctly, yeah. and you still got the wide receivers, you still got some people there. Um, and Baker is not, you know, Baker's not a novice or a rookie. Of course, neither is Detroit's uh, quarterback. either. has so been to a Super Bowl. He has, he has. Yeah. So, um, you know, golf, golf could be the real difference here. They've got some talent. Um, Again, I I, th I can see where Detroit's the favorite, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to count Tampa out at this point, and um, <laughs> it's crazy to think that not only one of them will be in the, in, the, in like you said in the NFC Championship, but they could be hosting it. So um, we will see. This will be an interesting. You know, they're all going to be good games to watch and interesting games, but I I have no idea how this one's going to go. I think either team could blow out the other team. It could be a real close game, so we'll see. Statistically speaking, the Bucks are the better defensive team in this game. Uh, Detroit is the better offensive game in this team. Um, 
you know, listen, I came off the Baker train last week. I'm just going to jump right back on. It's not that far down the track. I'm going to jump right back on the Baker train. Um, obviously, I'm cheering. I, I don't want the Lions to win. I don't care how cool the story it is. I don't want them to win. So, uh, so I'm going to be cheering for Baker this week. And uh, I don't know. Will the good times come to an end for Detroit? Or will they keep going? Either way, Dad, I know the Lions don't want to talk about this right now. This was an incredibly successful season in Detroit. Yes, it, it was. They definitely have turned things um, have turned things around there. And um, but you know, w- w- we will see. Um, for it to you know, they're going to want to take the next step if they're going to be a Super Bowl team. Um, you know, in in the years to come, then they're going to want to keep building on this. So. Um, yeah, we, we, but it, yeah, it no doubt has been a successful, a successful year um, from there. No doubt, you know, like I said, no doubt about it. Like you said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not for Detroit. Um, I'm not a big fan of the coach, even though I think he's turned some things um, around there. And um, so we'll, you know, um, we'll see how it goes. Has Baker locked up the starting job for next year in Tampa? I would sure think so. Um, I mean, I don't think there'd be any any doubt about that. And um, you know, like I said, if they can bring in a little more talent, um, and of course, there are going to be some new coaches um, in, in that division. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um, did you see the the clip of the uh, media member asking Todd Bowles what he's doing to get his team ready for the weather up in Detroit? <laughs> yes, I saw that, and I heard that talked about on the radio with some other media people um, there. So, um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes our show just look that much better. So, <laughs> yeah, you got to know what teams have domes and what teams don't. Um, Chiefs and Bills, Dan. I mean, just a few weeks ago you would say this game wouldn't be that exciting. I mean, just a few weeks ago, were the Bills going to make the playoffs? Um, the Chiefs, had it not been for the division being so horrible, would have been challenging for the like, – I mean, Denver was right on their heels for a short time there. Vegas was creeping up on them. Um, the Chiefs were not playing great football. But right now, Dad, Chiefs and the Bills, I think you look at this game like you would in any time that they've competed in the last couple of years. This should be an incredibly fun game. The Bills, three-point favorites at home. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. To me, this comes down to Josh Allen and whether or not he makes mistakes. He did not make mistakes this last week. If he starts throwing picks again next week, the Chiefs can win this game. But I really think this is the Bills' year, Dad. I've said it from the beginning of the year. Um, I think they're a Super Bowl team. I think they win the Super Bowl this year. and uh, But they've got to get through Kansas City before they even get to the AFC Championship game. How do you see this one breaking down? Well, I, uh, like you said, it, you know, it should be a good game. But, again, I, I like Kansas City the way they played last week. Their defense played well. Um, Buffalo has, has struggled some this year. Um, I probably would – for a cheering standpoint, I like both of them, but I would probably be for Buffalo. Yeah. But um, I think Kansas City, there's a, I would say Kansas City will come out and win this. Wow. Um, I, I think they're ready to play. Again, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Andy Reid, um, you've got that, you know, like you said, they're in, they're so intriguing with receivers. Right. Um, they got rid of the big name guy and they just get a new guy and now they got a rookie. So, and, and again, you've got Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I, it, it's, it's hard. You get in this kind of situation and this pressure situation, it's hard to pick against Kansas City as well as they played last week. Yeah, I mean, those receivers, though, have been a big liability this year. Um, outside of Rasheed Rice um, and Kelsey, I mean, Kadarius Tony has dropped so many passes. Marquez Valdez Scantling, it's the same guy he was in Green Bay. He'll get behind guys, but then he'll drop passes as well. Um, the O line has had some major failures this year, too. Uh, they did play well last week against Miami, but that was also at home. They're going into hostile territory this week. 
Um, I'll take the Bills, you'll take the Chiefs, and one of us will be right at the end of the day. Um, that's all I got, Dad. You got anything else you wanted to chat about before we head out today? No, like I said, it's, it's been such an entertaining year in the NFL. All Every week there's been surprises. Um, every week, again, there's been parity. Um, and now there's... Uh, I think a lot of excitement as far as the playoffs are concerned. You know, it's a, in some ways it's always more fun wild card weekend because there's more teams in it. And yeah. so, of course, if your team is still in it, which our team is, then you know we're very excited about it. But probably as much interest now as what what happens next week with the coaching carousel. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden everything starts heading toward um, the draft and next year. Um, but I think I think there's chance we could have some great football games these next three weeks. Yep, I agree. I agree. So here's what's going on in the sports stove world this week, Dad. Sunday night, 8 p.m. Uh, I'll be back with Kevin for the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We had our first episode last week. So if you missed it, you can go listen to it. Um, we'll be back this Sunday at 8 o'clock. We'll be talking starting pitchers, giving our starting pitching tiers for the year as well as other topics as well, Major League Baseball news and so on and so forth. Monday night at 8 o'clock, the plan is to be with Ryan Jackson for the Sports Stove Local Hour. Um, the transfer uh, signings just happened today for EKU, and so we'll talk about those new ten or 9 or 10 new additions to the transfer portal for EKU. We'll talk about that. We'll also be talking EKU baseball and uh, EKU basketball, men's and women's as well. And then next Wednesday, me and Dad will be here to break down everything that went on in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Hopefully, uh, cheerfully celebrating the Packers heading to Detroit or heading to Tampa for the uh, NFC championship game one win away from the Super Bowl. That's the hope. That's the hope. But we'll see how it all breaks down uh, from there. Uh, Also, just uh, check out bellyupsports.com. Uh, last Friday, I posted an article called Diary of a Revived NASCAR Fan. And the second uh, edition of that article series comes out uh, this Friday. So uh, go to bellyupsports.com. You can read about that. We'll be covering more NASCAR things throughout the NASCAR season um, as well. Don't forget to visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code STOVE15. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SportsStove. And we apologize for the earlier uh, audio issues, and thankfully it got worked out, and we'll continue to work on it for the next episode as well. Uh, thanks for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Go Pack Go! Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stoves. <laughs>